Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Swung on, lines the deep left field. It is gone! This is the official Cover in the Corner podcast, episode 202. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, we'll have some more over-unders for you, preview some more Cleveland Guardians coming up this season. Uh, we got a new game for Merritt to test his medal, see how he's going to, his, uh, what do you call that, trivia for the Guardians. And of course, we'll answer some questions, um, and we'll have hopefully limited spring training, anything, because of spring training and means essentially <laughs> nothing, but <laughs> joining me for all that and more. Another Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I don't deal in trivial things. I only talk about important stuff, like, <laughs> like baseball, baseball spring training. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't know. I, I hate it so much. I, I like that it exists. I think it'd be fun if I was there. It seems like oh, it's as a, total a baseball blast fan, being there. the best yeah, thing to do. Yeah. I, I like utter, that it's Utterly happening. meaningless. It's fucking fantastic. I love it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of the, I don't know, it's fine. I'm glad it happens. I'm glad it exists. It's the fun part where everybody thinks they're a World Series favorite, and there's a lot of fun behind the scenes things this time of year, but. The games aren't a whole lot, but I guess kind of the good thing is we got the WBC coming up, which I'm so jazzed um, for. It is it is exciting. Last time was 2017. That was really fun, wasn't it? That was the year Adam Jones was like a superstar for Team yeah. USA, right? Yeah, he was ripping it. He had that sick yeah. catch that looks like uh, you know it could have been showing up the on Renaissance the uh, accidental Renaissance yeah. uh, subreddit. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. I'm looking forward to that. There's not, not many Guardians playing, but you got like Cal Quantrill in Canada, Andres Jimenez, Venezuela, and it, in in the end, it's just about watching. All these guys. I feel like this is going to be better than any all-star. All the games are essentially going to be all-star games, but there's more pretend stakes, which I think is more fun than There was an article caring. in The Guardian um, today or something like that, maybe yesterday, recently, and it was uh, the headline was just, why are U- U.S. players treating this like a more like a World Cup? Like uh, They're taking it seriously. They now. Like Trout and so, Well, listen, honestly, I think there's got to be at least a part of it for someone like Mike Trout who, you know, I'm sure that's a man who... In the back of his mind, he looks at the makeup of baseball as a whole and his division specifically and realizes he's never going to win a championship. So maybe he's like, well, I mean, this would be a great way for me to go and win something at least, you know? like It's the only chance he's going to have to be on a winning team. And for baseball, like this might be the only chance they have to showcase him in any kind of like championship capacity because yeah. i don't the angels just seem so far away despite everything they have but yeah and also being despite being down the road from one of the marquee teams like you <laughs> yeah, just forget right. the angels exist they have the best player the, the most interesting two of the player. best players yeah yeah and yeah. also they're in a beautiful area and everyone's like who oh the team from the movies the, the <laughs> team from angels in the outfield that was pretty good i like joseph gordon's not a real team mike trout is not a real person that's a fish you can't name a person Trout. That's insane. And, Who would do and that? he's really good against the Mariners. Sure, buddy. Okay, I see how this is. He Whatever. likes the weather. You're just making stuff up now. That's not a real person. This is a fake human being. But yeah, I, I also think there there is something to be said for. So a lot of these guys have been like, listen, it's really hard to win a championship. This could maybe we could win something here. And yeah, the more people take it seriously, the the better. Like a lot of a lot of teams have some really good players. Now, obviously, the DR and us and Venezuela, but like Japan's pretty deep. They got a, a lot of good pitching and. 
don't know, you know, Canada could win a game or two. Yeah, and I feel like baseball is the one sport where this can work this well too, because you can just sub in anybody after a little bit, and with this many deep players, it's still going to look like a deep, pretty yeah. regular baseball game as opposed to like doing football or basketball like this. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm also obviously excited about over unders, Merritt. Same. Starting gambling. With the injured Sam Hentges, who uh, oh God <laughs> has a bum shoulder. We're, we're kind of going backwards, but I mean, you started this one today, so we might as well talk about him. And it's kind of yeah. the only news of spring training so far is that Sam Hentges, shoulder inflammation. They said he's being evaluated week by week, which seems uh, kind of bad. <laughs> kind of a uh, he's not going to be around anytime soon, kind of thing. But we don't know mm-hmm. for sure. He could just miss a few weeks and be back, and it'll be a blip. I'll, I'll let you mostly handle this over under. Said you just wrote it, but he's just kind of like a. A guy that found himself, and now all of a sudden his his injury could put a season in jeopardy a little bit. Yeah, he was what? There's, I mean, probably their second best relief pitcher last year, just in, just in terms of the fact that he was so effective against lefties, but then it just turned into just overall great. Like if him and Stefan is kind of a coin flip, who was better? But they were so good just as a unit, and losing him sucks because again, even if he's your third best, that's that's truly incredible. You have Class A just kind of you know holding down ninth, and you can go Stefan Henches or Henches Stefan for, for seven eight and mix and match that way. Um, now we have to start counting a bit, you know, assuming, oh, assuming the worst, which is always a fun thing to do. Suddenly guys like, I don't know, Karen check or Sandlin or De La Santos or Eli Morgan, like we're really counting them to make a bit of a leap here for them to find something extra from one of these guys. But one of the, one of their strengths last year was that. And now him having a shoulder injury is, you know, shoulder injuries are always the worst thing to happen to a pitcher because, you know, an elbow, worst case scenario, you, you blow a 10 and you get it stapled back in there. When you start messing with rotator cuffs and things like that. Again, we don't know what the injury is, but I got, yeah, obviously I wrote the article yesterday and then I was looking at his numbers and he just got, he made such a leap. Like he cut his hits in nine per hits per nine in half, his home runs per nine down to a third, his walk rate in half, his strikeout rate, like leapt so much, like almost 10 point, eight, eight points, something like that. Like he got so good and was just so unhittable for such a long stretch and, I wrote about him like three times last year. <laughs> he was a fun story because he was, he was so bad in his debut. It wasn't like he was a decent reliever who turned into an amazing one. He was a pretty bad starter, a pretty bad reliever. And then last year he was outstanding. And I think the most amazing thing is that Zips believes in him so much. Like 0.6 war doesn't seem like much, mm-hmm. but also it has him at like 3.24 ERA, which is still extremely good for a reliever, I think, um, especially if he's used... I don't know, this is another thing that we does he get this many innings if he pitches with that ERA? And I think probably if he can stay healthy somehow and, and reach that. But it's just kind of cool how much Zips believes in him. Well, I mean, again, it's just so. Like, it, it, I was looking at those numbers again today. Like, his fielding independent pitching is r- right in line with his ERA. So it's not like he was, like, lucky or anything like that. He's got such a. His ground ball rate is insane, too. Yeah. 60% last year. Yeah, I, don't know, I, I remember just all, like, April and May, it was like, this can't be real. This is fake. This is all lies and small sample size. And then by August, I was like, Jesus Christ, he's just unbeaten. He's huge, too. I just love how huge he is. If he had a beard and got really sweaty, he'd be the perfect pitcher for this podcast. He's, he's so close. He's a very large man who throws a baseball. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's got a I bunch mean, of sweaty hair. Yeah. He just, we, listen, yeah. It would become Hentcast. Hentcast. <laughs> cast. I don't right. know. Something. Don't spoil a new name, man. It's not coming. Oh, shoot. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I just, I, I know I, I said under um, for uh, him to get to 0.6 war. I think he'll probably still probably break that number, honestly. Like he he, he had, what, one in the, one in change last year or something like that? Yeah, just barely over one. Like like I said in the, in the previous article, like it's stupid. <laughs> It is stupid to use wins above replacement to judge relievers because they never get more than sixty innings, like something like that. So I think I, th- I think I'll still probably make it, but like 
again, shoulder injury and then monitored week to week is just that's troublesome. And you, you wonder like how he'll, what kind of form he'll be in when he got, when he does bounce back. So, yeah, I, I think I'd be under, but just barely. I think it's basically a good prediction. I think it's, he could easily shoot over too. He could just be good again as last year, but um, somewhere in there. Our next one, Josh Bell. This one, obviously the big off season addition for the guardians last year uh, looked really good with Washington. He came over to the Padres. I think it was part of the Soto trade. Like they got both at yes, the same time. He came on over with Soto. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, with the Nationals, he was and, yeah. outstanding. 143 WRC plus. And then just with the Padres absolutely tanked, which I think was buried because the Padres were so good anyway. And they made it to playoffs and made it to the NLCS. But he was terrible there. Zips kind of has him somewhere in the middle in their projections. Um, 249, 343, 399, which seems kind of low. 114 WRC plus and only 16 home runs. Um, I think you wrote this one too earlier in the week, but I'm, I'm saying now mine's way over this one. This seems crazy low. Although I guess, I don't know. He was only 2.5 or it was two war last year because it's time when the Padres tanked him so much, but it's not like he's been a perennial three or four win player. So maybe it's not too terrible, but I just see him having so much more power than zips projects him for. I don't know. It is. Well, he is such a, like an zips is going to hate a player like him. Cause you look at his years and like they're, they're so like, Good and then bad, then good and then bad. Like his entire time with the Pirates, his first year, seventy seventy five, then eight hundred OPS. His first two years, when he's kind of getting his feet wet, then seven sixty eight, then nine thirty six, then six sixty nine during the COVID year. And then when he was in Washington, like he played, played two hundred and forty seven games there, and he hit two seventy eight, three sixty three, four eighty three, and then obviously just did not exist in San, uh, San Diego for fifty three games. So I think as I wrote in the article, I mean. I'm inclined to take the 1,000 plate appearances he had in Washington as more credence of him being a solid player over the 210 he had in San Diego, uh, where he was, you know, I mean, obviously you have to perform against good hit, good pitching, but he's also, it's, it's a hellish division to, to play in, quite honestly. Like, all those teams are good except for the Rockies. And or even the Diamondbacks, they can pitch okay. Um, and going up against the uh, the dot, especially in the late you know, the, the way that um, MLB had been doing the schedule, you know, you're playing a lot of in division in the last two months of the season. So I just and then I think I mentioned too in the um, in the article, but NLCS like he was excellent, you know, six hit, it's going six for seventeen with a couple walks or like no no walks, okay, never mind. But he hit a home run and a double like against Philadelphia. He he performed when the lights were the absolute brightest on him, if that's any consolation at all. And then I don't know. I think I think like because what's his projection again? One point eight. One point eight. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little under what he's done in his career, but it's not like I don't, I don't know. I just seem to. I mean, so he's gonna be comfortable this year too, which maybe is a thing because right his family's near Cleveland, um, and he's gonna, probably going to play a little bit more DH. Like last year's one hundred twenty four games at first, thirty two at DH. I would think maybe it's not quite that much this year. Maybe that hurts or helps if he's an awful first baseman. Um, I think that'll help his value a little bit too, not being there and, and not being good, but. I don't know. 1.8 just seems so low for him. It's kind of, it's a, one of those over, but maybe not by a ton, but definitely yeah. over. Well, like you look at his, it's insane what happened with his batting average on balls in play when he went out West too. It was two, it was 324 in 2022 when he was in Washington and then dropped down to 233. So that right there alone, I just, I look at that and say to myself, I think he'll be better than that, you know? And then like his home run rate also was 1.4% in his time in the Padres and like, it was always somewhere between like three and five basically for the rest of his career. So 3.9 was his career average otherwise. So I think we are, I, I don't know if he'll be, 
a huge, huge power threat, but I think he'll be a good, solid presence in the lineup. Like, I'd love to get 2019-era um, Bell when he hit 142 OPS plus with 37 home runs. Oh, yeah, I'd be okay get with that. 2020, like, <laughs> I, th- I think some, somewhere more in the in, in the in this first year in Washington, I think, would make sense, you know? Yeah. Because his, his event sets are insane, dude. Like, he walks so much. He has such good contact rates, like... The dream is, of course, that some some smart guy on Washington on, on Cleveland is like, do this, and he's like, okay, now I hit fifty home runs instead of only thirty five. <laughs> okay, cool. I think he one hell of a first year. I, I think it's probably he, a he probably I, opt out after that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> I almost wanted to write like uh, try to figure out the perfect year he could have to be as good as possible, but not want to opt out because <laughs> I'm sure there's a line somewhere, right? Like he could be pretty good, but also maybe not want to opt out. I don't know. I want I want to know what that is like to get the most value over two years i think he'd probably be better off just having one outstanding year but if he replicated um maybe his t- overall 2022 not, not in terms of being terrible suddenly and also being good right just well, average like just, out to like 114 yeah no not, yeah exactly just having something because it's that's not really great for a first baseman but it's not you know that, that's the kind of bat that we've been talking about Cleveland needing is someone that stretches like they already have big big boppers they already have other guys like it'd be cool if he was you know, the dream, but like you said, like, if, if, what is that number? Probably somewhere like the 115 to 125 WRC plus sort of a thing. Yeah. Or we could use RBAT plus if you wanted instead. So something more like a, <laughs> a 133 maybe. <laughs> yeah, so it's somewhere in there. Yeah. It, it's enough that I, I just don't know if he'd want a chance another contract. Because maybe they're like he's going to be 31, so maybe he wants to do it anyway, no matter what, just to try to get a longer deal even if he's just above average maybe another team will give him three or four years instead of just the the one with an option the guardians gave him support for this show comes from atlassian atlassian software like jira confluence and loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great but together we're so much better That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Uh, Next one, Cal Quantrill. Uh, Quincy Wheeler wrote this one up. He said over on it, uh, 31 games, 27 starts, 161 innings, 4.08 ERA, 1.5 war. This one seems like another easy over for me, but I also really like Cal Quantrill. Um, as, as Quincy noted in the article and Zach Mizell uh, detailed the athletic, he's kind of working on, uh, he's adding a splitter and refining his curveball. So that's another kind of just spring training story that everybody's doing something, but that's a thing. Like if he gets that going, I mean, he's never really had a good changeup. So if he has a good splitter, um, to go with that slider and, and cutter he has, maybe there's there's something there with Quantrill. I think that could be exciting, but I think either way he's going to be over. He's also pitching in the WBC in Canada, so maybe there's going to be a case of like he comes out of the gate faster than everybody because he's always already been competitive for a couple of weeks. 
um, I don't, I don't know. Four point oh eight area just seems like so easily to beat for Quantrill. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think part of it is obviously Zips doesn't like pitchers like him, right? Like ground ball guys, guy who just um, he's what seven strikeouts per nine last year, stuff like that. Uh, with a, a vast difference, I think he probably has the biggest golf between ERA and fielding independent pitching. <laughs> it's yeah, ERA. ERA was three point three eight and FIP was four point one two. Yeah, 4. I that's 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 pretty bad, but yeah, twenty twenty one it was worse. 2.89 ERA, 4.07 FIP. So, I mean, he's always outperformed either way. Which, which is more, Aaron Savale's uh, difference of 3.86 fielding independent pitching versus a 4.92 ERA, or the other way around? Jesus Christ, Savale's <laughs> <laughs> is not good. Savale's is yeah. insane. What an unlucky man. Um, no, I think Quantrill can do it. <clears throat> like you said, he'll, he'll throw 200 innings. It's always weird when you see, like, I love Zips for those weird numbers: 27 starts. That are like, why is he appearing in relief? What's going on here? He, like, he, Listen, he you got to get those Gavin Williams starts in somewhere. You just got to have Quantra come out of the bullpen a couple times. I guess that's fair. I understand that completely. Of course, that's just logic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's one, one and a half wins. I mean, I, can, I think he'll be one of the – the only thing I could think that might hinder him would be the the, the limitations on shifts because he counts so much in, in pitching into his defense. Yeah, that's fair. But I think he, he'll. this is going to be one of the many examples of – the shift thing's going to be that big a deal. I think the only thing that really is going to make make any market difference is going to be the pitch clock thing, which I think will you know, fall in his favor, especially if you develop a splitter and just kind of really kind of work guys over. Because a splitter would be a perfect pitch for him, but very similar playing to his sinker and um, a bit more depth on the bottom, the bottom of the zone. So I, th- I think that's an easy, like you said, an easy Because yeah, I think he's been over three wins above replacement several times now, hasn't he? Maybe just the one time. Just last year, I guess, because yeah, he hasn't really pitched very much otherwise, but. Yeah, he's. I think that's that's pretty solidly over, unless he's hurt, obviously. But uh, next one, the obvious closer for Cleveland, Emmanuel Classe, seventy-four games, seventy-one point three innings pitched, twenty-six strikeout rate, two point two seven ERA, one point five WAR for the projection. Um, I think this was another Merritt Rolfing special, and of course, yeah, he's busy last week. Huh? I you were, all these relievers too. <laughs> I, I love him, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Very first article is the using WAR is not good for relievers. Let me just sign up for <laughs> those real quick. <laughs> Let me just grab Eli Morgan. Let me just write about him. Um, oh, you know, yeah. said. <laughs> I'm in spring training too. I, I, I did do a lot of writing over the winter. Kind of warm up. I'm knocking the dust off over here. <laughs> I think this is an easy over. Not even like it's going to be close. I think he's going to blow by it again. What was the number again? I'm sorry. 1.5 was the projection. Wait, how many? 1.5. Oh, yeah. Well, fucking he'll cream that. Either. Yeah. I mean, it was two, 2.4 last year. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this year, he's going to strike out 100 people. Well, no, he'll strike out 74 people. Um, he'll not allow very many runs. I mean, I mentioned it in the article. Like, it happens sometimes where a relief pitcher will just have those weird collapsy years. Edwin Diaz did a couple years ago, but. I don't think he's gonna have that. He's he's too much of a ground ball pitcher, I think. Right, to, exactly. Yeah. Like Even with the the shift ban, he's he's incredible. Oh yeah, and again, I, I think we're going to overplay the shift ban thing a little bit. Like bloop, some boop singles will pop in, but like especially with Cleveland, they're just so athletic in the infield. Like I, th- I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be perfectly fine, and it'll all work out positively. Like, <laughs> that that knows as much more here. Easy over. He's amazing. He's gonna crush it. Easy peasy. I can't wait to see him uh, throw the ball very hard again, as he was doing today. <laughs> he did in spring training. He's, he looks ready to go. He could eclipse that right now if you put him out Yeah, there. yeah just, get, just give it to him, baby. <laughs> uh, next one, Cody Morris, who looked uh, pretty good last year. Uh, 2.28 ERA when he was in a lot of walks, but that's just kind of a, a debut thing. It was his rookie season, 23 innings he pitched. But, of course, injuries are his biggest thing. Um, he's not the high 90s pitcher that he was coming up. He's kind of mid-90s, low-90s, if he 
if he can make it to the mound, I think is the biggest thing with him. Um, the projections are 4.02 ERA, 0.9 WAR, uh, 27 games, 17 starts, 71 total innings. Again, this is one. If he gets to health, maybe he's way over this. Maybe he's right around this. I think it could probably be better than a 4.0 TRA. He's got, um, I, don't, I think, just be better than that. If he, but the problem is health. He's out right now because of lat discomfort. Uh, they're going to take him slow in the spring, and I'm sure when he comes up, I don't even know if they'd have him start 17 games. I think he would be almost entirely in the bullpen with how slow they're going to probably take him to to get him back up. He's got a sky high spin rate on his his fastball. Maybe if he's in the bullpen, he can ramp it up to closer to what he was before all the injuries, but. Um, Right now, he's just a bunch of question marks. He's got a nice changeup. Um, he's got a cutter that has a lot. Of, I think it's a sneaky good cutter. There's a lot of movement on it. Um, but yeah, I, I do like Cody Morris a lot. I think his strikeout rate can be high. I think he'll just be end up a bullpen guy at least this year and just make sure his arm can handle a bunch of innings and then maybe throw him back out there again. Because he's never even thrown more than 100 innings in any minor league season. He came really close in 2019, which was his debut season. But um yeah, the, the innings on his arm are just not there. And I think this year they're going to take it slow. They've already said they're taking it slow through the spring to get him ramped up. So he probably won't even start at the beginning of the year. And when he gets there, he will, I would assume, be a reliever at least for a little bit. He is from Columbia, Maryland, and is not listed as one of the notable people on the Columbia, Maryland. Wow, who was notable from Columbia, Maryland before? Uh, several people. Steve Lombardozzi. Uh, who else? Let's see. Uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, Oprah, for some reason. Well, all right. uh, uh, pro- she's probably a little bit more popular. Well, this is right now. Oprah Winfrey uh, lived there while she was working at WJZ from 76 <laughs> to 83. Yeah, it doesn't count at all. Uh, this is Cody Morris' hometown, and you're going to put Oprah over him? Uh, Aaron Magruder, uh, oh, creator of the Boondocks. Oh, there we go. Yeah, huh? he, is he right, actually born there, though, or did he just? Uh, yeah, born born in uh, Edward Norton. Born there. There you go. All right. As as I'm fun. sorry. No, he made his professional debut at age eight at Toby's Dinner Theater in the town center. <laughs> what about uh, Cody, Cody Morris' zips projections? <laughs> I'll be honest. I barely remember seeing him pitch last year. <laughs> I was surprised at how good he was. I thought in my I mind, was... I think I was remembering his first couple spots where he was terrible. Yeah. And then I looked, I, and I was like, wow, he was actually... You know, like, I'm looking at his face right now, and I'm looking at his stats, and I'm like... <laughs> he has a generic face, to be fair. He really is. This, this is a creative player right here. This is, the, this is the default creative player. Oh, he's got a nice smile when he's... Oh, okay, anyway. Yeah, but he's, um, he's the default, yeah. What was the projection again? I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I, I have a different website than you do. <laughs> got baseball... Well, it's his R-Bat, man? Or his um, R-Arm or whatever the hell Why would he have R-Bat, Matt? Listen, his R-Arm, I don't know. Don't be R-glove. ridiculous. Don't be utterly ridiculous. <laughs> don't be a rube. Come on, you clown. <laughs> um, yeah, all his stats are on here are normal. Um, yeah. I, I think it comes under. That's what Chris said in his article, which I agree with pretty much all of his points. Is he, he laid it out that it's the injury, the rotation is full as it is, relievers don't get a ton of war anyway, and the Cleveland, even the bullpen is pretty full, so... I think it's going to be a problem of getting him innings and when he does. Because they're projecting 71 innings. Which includes 17 starts for some reason. Which is That's, wild. again, I love <laughs> projections because of how it, like, <laughs> we all know it's computers. It's just like a number he's never had, also. He's never pitched that much. No. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, there's always the question of who are going to be those three or four other guys who are just kind of, you know, there and back from from AAA to the majors or for spot starts, you know, there's a lot of innings to fill. There's 162 games. I mean, Quantrill, uh, th- th- four guys are going to eat up about 120 of them. 
Obviously, Quantrill is going to get four relief innings for some reason. Yeah, he'll come in for four or five weird appearances. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of you know, there's two thousand innings that they have to cover, and like where 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 are all those pitchers? And is Cody Morris going to be one of those guys? Maybe. I mean, he's definitely a guy. I don't think he's not. He's one of the guys. So he could be just another one of the guys. So getting to point nine wins above replacement is not unfeasible. Um, I prefer it didn't happen. Where they had better pitching, but if maybe he could be that pitcher too. So we'll see. Yeah. Kind of just yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know with him, especially like his minor numbers are so are so ridiculous. Like, well, yeah, that's when he was like hitting ninety eight though. Right, exactly. Before. I think so, he had Tommy John one year, and then he's had more shoulder stuff. So it's been rough for him, and I, I wish him the best. Obviously, it'd be great if he came back and was amazing. But I think at least this year that he's going to be taken slow and probably won't reach that. So mine's under two, just like Chris's was. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think if he get if he can get to half a win, then that'd be a successful year for him. Because I, 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 another guy, I don't want to see pitch fifty innings. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he'll be as bad as Brian Shaw was, but you know, even Baseball Reference's projections aren't horrid. It's three point four ERA, sixty two innings pitched. I mean, it's an effective, relatively effective pitcher. Oh yeah, three point four. What one of many guys that we've written about over the last, you know, several weeks that the less you see of him, the better. Oh, drafted by the Orioles. Oh, that's cute. Little hometown kid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, a guy who the less you see of him, the better. Probably, honestly. Um, so our last one for this week is Mike Zanino, the other kind of the one oh, B yeah. acquisition of the offseason for the Guardians. I can't believe they got Mike Zanino. <laughs> Could be really good. I mean, he's had thirty three home runs in the past, but he's also again injures. Injuries, uh, he had thoracic outlet syndrome in his, weirdly enough, his non-throwing arm, I believe, which is not something that usually happens. Um, so he's got to recover from that and come back. But I mean, if this is a guy where they paid him essentially nothing, $6 million for a year, he could be a huge bargain. It, basically, whatever he does is just extra compared to what they paid to get him. Oh, here's a bad joke. Hey, Matt, can I have nothing then if that's nothing to you? Anyway. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> 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 um. If I was a million, if I was a billionaire, sure, I'd give you seven of them. But if he come back, if he's back and healthy, then I think he's he's perfectly fine. I, the only thing with him, like, he doesn't have a chance to struggle or be injured because Bonilla is going to be breathing down his neck the whole time mm-hmm. if he proves himself in AAA. Like, the first time Zanino slips up, because the Guardians paid him essentially nothing, I think they won't hesitate to just make him be the bench guy and let Bonilla take over. So uh, Chris said over on this one, which isn't a terrible prediction. I don't think he could be really good and be over 2.3 war is what zips had him at one Oh five WRC plus. But I think he probably comes under just because the injury slows him down a bit. And then I think at some point Boney Eller just takes over and then we never hear of Mike Sanito again. He just kind of drifts off into free agency next year. I mean, 2.3 wins above replacement in 86 games. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's also a really good defensive catcher. Oh well, so yeah. That's, that's why he's defensively. He's incredible. Like in a position to be barely above average, um, by WRC plus. I mean, if you can put up this exact stat line, I'm more than happy with that. I mean, oh, obviously, yeah, seeing if it hit 201, I, 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 once again, I'm like, oh, well, it's a catcher. Of course he gets bad. <laughs> but 18 uh, home runs? Hell yeah. But yeah, eight, oh, yeah, 18 dingers. I mean, I, I only care about RBIs. So, yeah, 44 RBI. Like, but Ribbies. Our ribbies. We love a good ribby, don't we, folks? Um, but yeah, the, the defense is what, is what will matter here, I think, because, like you said, Bo Naylor is there and. He'll be there sooner rather than later, especially if the back continues to play. I haven't really seen how well he's doing in spring training, but also doesn't matter. Two point three wins. I would say under on that one as well. That's that's a number he's only crossed twice, and like he did three times actually. And when he did cross it, it was insane. Like that yeah, year he had in Seattle, two fifty one, three thirty one, five oh nine, or his first it, that one year in Tampa, 
215, 259. Good Lord, I hate batting lines like that, man. <laughs> Striking out 35% of the time. Oh, I hate three true outcomes. Oh, it's so <laughs> boring. exactly oh, what he does best. But. God. I guess I guess it can't be all Stephen Kwans all the way down. Oh, well. Just just eight of them. No, we don't need nine. It's fine. Just mostly yeah. Stephen Kwans. Um, yeah, I think under two, just because yeah. of, he'll be close. But if he's over, it's it's going to be a really good season for if he's over, everybody's in a good place at that point. I think the Guardians and oh, I agree. Yeah, if, if, and good for him too. Did you know he was a third overall pick? I forgot about that back in 2012. I did vaguely know that. I forgot he was such a high draft pick, but maybe he's going to be paid good. off. I mean, look at that, 18 wins. Like that's a, that's that's not bad. That's yeah. that's that's better than your average for, uh, third overall pick. I think. Yeah, like, that's a that's a great career he's had so far. <laughs> that's you know better than 95 percent. I think of of, of of major leaguers all time. All right, man. How about, uh, you want to play a game? Uh, yeah. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> do you want to play a game? I do. So this game is, of course, America's favorite game. It's called McDowell versus the Field. This is a game where I'm going to give you, because I'm going to give you a random set of stats, essentially. Because Sam McDowell, people don't know. He's always a guy that just kind of shows up when you're looking for any kind of Cleveland history pitching stat. Sam McDowell will be there, no matter yeah, what. He's always is. top six, something like um, that, yeah. <laughs> he's always pitched. Uh, pitched in the 60s, bounced around, retired in 75, but... He feels like a criminally underrated pitcher, despite his success and the awesome nickname. I think he was mean. Is part of it. I think he's kind of a mean. They had a lot of mean guys. On, on he was. He's an old mean man now too. Him, um, Gaylord Perry, just a bunch of mean guys. <laughs> <that> nobody liked. <laughs> but yeah, he just kind of shows up in all these stats. So this game called McDowell versus the Field is I'm going to give you uh, a set of stats, and you have to decide whether it's Sam McDowell or literally any other pitcher in Cleveland history. Cool. <laughs> if I hear any keystroke, I'll snap this podcast in half. No Googling. Um, it's very important. You don't. Oh, God, I hear it. Uh, I right <laughs> you ready for this question, Mary? Go All ahead. Right. Over a three-year period, oh, God. this pitcher was seventh in all of baseball in ERA with the highest strikeout through nine among qualified starters. Talk it out, Mary. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your answer's locked in. So wait, over a three-year period. Could be any three-year period. Any three-year period. This pitcher was seventh in baseball in ERA with the highest strikeout per nine among qualified starters. That's got to be Sutton Sam McDowell. Is that your final answer? It is final answer. Lock it in. Uh-huh. Yeah. For sure was Sam McDowell. You got it. <laughs> uh, from 1964 to 1966, Sam McDowell had a 2.53 ERA. Oh, struck killer. out 10.21 batters per nine, which God, in the 60s was, was ridiculous. Dominant. What he was the only starting nature. pitcher over that streak with double-digit strikeouts per nine. And in the 60s, too. I guess that was before you were the pitcher. Man, but still, so I mean, in the 60s, like he was the only one striking out more than 10 per nine. He was insane. Question two. This pitcher has the two highest F4 seasons of any Cleveland starter. Ever? Ever. The two in, the two highest individual seasons. One and two. Think about all the great pitchers Cleveland has had. I don't think. No, that's, that, that is not Sam McDowell. I don't think he threw enough innings. You lock it in? I lock it in. Are and you kidding me? <laughs> Damn it, man. No. <laughs> it is Sam McDowell. He had a 9.4 F4 in 1969. Jesus Christ. 8.7 F4 in 1965. I thought Louis Tiant had a high one, and I thought that Gaylord Perry must was... have gotten there once. Like <laughs> Gaylord Perry was the next closest in 1972, okay. 7.6. Yeah. So. Oh, he threw somebody. Yeah. God damn. His, uh, Sam McDowell. So God, he's so good. What a force. So, <laughs> I, I kind of thought the first two would be harder, and you might miss them both. So this one's kind of a gimme, but uh, here's number three. This pitcher's first name starts with S, and he has the highest strikeout per nine season in Cleveland history. 
<laughs> now I feel like it's a, now I feel like it's a trick. That's the first two would be hard. I was trying to give you an easy one because I wanted to hear my correct sounds. I wasn't sure you get any of them. So, wait, this Cleveland pitcher. Uh huh. First name starts with S, and he has okay. the highest strikeout per nine season in Cleveland history. Isn't that Shane Bieber? Is that your final answer? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yes! It is Shane Bieber. 14.20 in 2020. God, he was so good that year. It's a, it's a, it's a full season. Nobody asked questions. 2020 yeah, was a regular we, season. We ain't talking anymore. Yeah. Shane Bieber was great and fine, and it all worked out. As everyone knows, whenever it was a good thing that benefited your team, 2020 was a real year. Whenever it was bad and fake, stupid fake year that doesn't count, we're throwing Mickey Mouse year, out. unless you're Shane Bieber. Mm-hmm. Next question. Behind Shane Bieber, among starters with at least 500 innings pitched, this pitcher had the highest career strikeout per nine. In Cleveland history. In Cleveland. This is all Cleveland, yeah. So oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's got to be Sam McDowell, then. Final answer. Final answer. Got to be an error. Danny Salazar is second. Oh, 10.46 career strikeout. Oh, that feels like cheating. Oh, come on. He pitched like six <laughs> games a year over the course of Minimum like a Minimum 500 innings pitched. Danny Salazar, 10.46. That was a question. How many innings did he pitch? <laughs> over 500. I don't have it written down, how, but it was over 500. I don't know how many innings. Man. He was, we really believed in him for a while. We sure did. He looked really fun. Well, I mean, obviously, he has the second highest career. He ruled for a minute there. I just, he was really fun. Wasn't he a relief pitcher for a year there, I think? And he was like really effective. He, he came in once one game, and he just yeah. looked way out of shape. But now he makes TikToks, and they're fun. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. He's doing good. I liked him. Next question. Same question as last one, but bumped that innings pitch up to 2,000. So we're talking the big boppers here in Cleveland history. Pitched That's got to be Sam McDowell. <laughs> is, that one, uh, is that one locked in? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, he got him. You sure got him, man. That's Sam McDowell. You got him. <laughs> you got him. 9.21. Is this why you were asking for clips it was. on the Slack? <laughs> The, the the happy ones are easy to find. It's the other ones that were harder. I had to look through so many Rick Manning plays, but it was worth it. For for, for listeners out there on our internal Slack channel, Matt just asks, and I'm trying to find that one clip where Rick Manning says, are you shitting me? I thought he's putting a post together, not this dumb game. <laughs> it's for a very important reason, man. We need to repurpose these for other things later, too. Oh, I'm going to use these all year round. Um, <laughs> so this will be our last one. Okay. An urban legend exists in which this player was rumored to have 40 no-hitters in high school. What? He was rumored to have 40 no-hitters. I don't think that was Sam McDowell, but I think it's cool that it is. <laughs> so is that Sam McDowell or the field? That is the field. Final answer. Lock it in. Do you watch much baseball anymore? <laughs> Man, you roasted me on that one. Damn. <laughs> no, it was not Sam McDowell. It was Sam McDowell. Sam McDowell supposedly had 40 no-hitters in his senior year. <laughs> At Central Catholic High School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Although he later revealed in a book that uh, his coach exaggerated a little bit and said he had 15, but there's actually only nine. <laughs> nine no hitters. <laughs> yeah, it's still amazing. It's not 40, but like, yeah. the legend still lives for Santa. Oh, what's this? Didn't Kershaw have a 27 strikeout perfect game one time in high school or something like that? I was oh, like, that sounds like a very Clayton Kershaw thing, yeah. God, he probably had a home run the same game. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was fun. America's favorite game, McDowell versus the field. <laughs> I, I mainly just wanted to use those clips because I was I put a. Well, we we can't let those go away. So let's have to show up again later later on. But yeah, the, we'll we'll have more games in the future because that was fun. Uh, we more. still have spring training, and then spring we can talk about real training. baseball for a few weeks, and then once we get to June and July, we're just bored. There you go. <laughs> 
So earlier today, I asked on Facebook and Twitter if anybody had any questions for us. Because um, we haven't done it in a while. It's fun answering questions we get, especially now when there's not a whole lot. In particular, all we have is questions. All we have is you, the listener, asking us questions. Our first one, uh, TJ Guthrie on Facebook asks, I'm seeing a lot of people claiming the guards have a top five infield into Major League Baseball. Where do you think we stand? And I know you said you thought about that one. (laughs) Good one. I mentioned mentioned to Matt before we started recording this question (laughs) derailed me for 45 minutes at work. Trying to go, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Do they? So like, I I'm just so. kind of going, I'm just kind of ballparking it, and, and then I remembered that Trey Turner is on the Phillies now. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would say the Blue Jays, the Mets, um, the Padres, and then I'm kind of running out of gas. You know, it's like <laughs> Astros. Are they still the there? Cardinals? I mean, their corners are incredible. Their corners were one and two in MVP voting. I, don't yeah, I feel like that played. could carry them. I don't care who's in the middle. Like Tommy, right? Adam in the exactly. Middle. They could have a <laughs> dead man playing second, and they don't. They have a pretty good player. <laughs> the I think. camera just cuts every time. And the graphic uh, still shows they have the best infield in baseball. Um, so I think top I mean, five, right? Top five. Does I this mean, count catcher and like DH because DH is going to swap with first base a lot. I, I don't. Think, I don't. Th- I don't consider it counting either of those specifically okay. because technically a catcher is not in the in the infield. Right. So it's just the four. So the just the four. The so I, I mean, I would say if they don't, they're sixth. It's all about like how you view. Um, how adding Trey Turner to an infield of who's even on that fucking team? Uh, Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura, and Alec Bohm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What that no, is. I feel yeah, like the Guardians are better than that one, at least. Yeah, right? I agree with you. Yeah, the yeah, Mets, Blue Jays, though, like are they one? Blue Jays, Blue Jays, I mean, yeah, that that's an excellent infield right there because they have, um, Ch- they got Matt Chapman. So you got Chapman, Guerrero, Bichette, and then I don't. I, again, I don't really care who's playing second base. With, <laughs> again, another dead man. Why is there so many dead men at second? We God, can't figure it out. They got. You got to start players, likewise. guys. Come on. I think those. I think them and the Cardinals are probably one two, and then. Well, I mean, the Braves have a pretty good uh, infield as well. I, I would have said the Dodgers is an obvious one, but with Gavin Lux kind with of Lux being hurt that. now, that kind of puts a damper on that. I mean, obviously, whoever they get to play shortstop now is going to put up five and a half wins above replacement because they're wizards, devil wizards. <laughs> The um, Mets, but, maybe. Oh, the, the Mets, the certainly. Yeah. The Mets certainly have a. I, I, at worst, done. it's on par, and so maybe maybe that could be it. Because I mean, Alonzo McNeil, Lindor, and then well, they didn't get. They had gotten deal. Correa. It would have been absurd. Oh yeah, like, that's, that's no doubt. Escobar's pretty good himself. Honestly, actually, look at that. Like, I think they're close. Like, like you said, either fifth or sixth. They're they're yeah, really they're, close. They're, 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 I would they're say they're, they are comfortably a very like top flight elite infield and. And if, assuming, that, you know, depending on what we get out of, um, what's his name, out of Bell, and yeah. then just assuming last year wasn't a fluke from um, Jimenez, like, I'll be honest with you, like, I would I would put Jimenez and um, Ramirez up against uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado. I'd probably come out wanting a little bit, but less than you think, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah. they're both then, great, but, like, to say that those two guys are not also wonderful, like, we're talking about... A guy who was worth seven wins and seven wins. These guys were worth six and change. So it's like, obviously they're better, but. Yeah. You'll talk to me again next year when uh, Ahmed Rosario might be gone. And then you've got either Arias or Freeman or somebody else who's up and had a little bit of training this year and is ready to go next. That's a, oh boy, that could be top, easy top five. But but for now, they're kind of on the board, I think. I agree. Obviously, what's his name is going to start aging a little bit, but figuring out the first base situation, we we, don't. That's right, yeah. Josh Naylor, I guess. I, th- I th- honestly, I think Naylor here is the X factor because it's going to be a platoon between him and um, and Bell to a degree at first base. Like Bell's going to play every day because he's a switch hitter, 
But if last year it was just him getting um, Naylor getting back into form, and like if he's healthy all year and able to hit lefties to even a league average rate, I think he's going to be a, he'd be a great first baseman. So I think that there's that, that you can certainly say that they're top five, and you won't be laughed out of the room at this point because there's a lot of like. I don't know. You look at the like the the Braves, right? Olsen, Albies, Swanson, Riley. That's really good. Um, Albies got hurt last year. I mean, when when he's healthy, he's second baseman. They're gonna hit thirty home runs, so that's pretty good. I think they're they're ahead of the Guardians. Too. Austin Riley's super good. He is. He keeps on evolving and getting better as a player. Like his first year, the first good year, I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Look at that. Look at that Babbitt garbage. Then he's like, no, actually, it's normal. I'm like, oh shit, it is normal. This is what he does. Oh god. Uh, next one at Mikey Locko on Twitter asked, "Do you like the Guardian style of offense with the new rule changes? Should they seek out more sluggers?" So that's this was perfect timing for this one. I don't know if Mikey saw this article and was kind of referencing it, but Five Thirty Eight made up their own stat, which was kind of tongue in cheek, I think. But they called it Manfred or the Manfred, the metric for assessing negative or favorable rule effect dynamics. Basically, looking at how much the rule changes, which of course like bigger bases, uh, the tempo of a pitcher and uh, shifting, seeing how much those will probably affect teams. No surprise here, the Guardians came out on top by quite a bit because they didn't shift a whole lot last year. They have pitchers who work fast already, and they're a fast team, so it's obviously the base running is going to benefit them. I feel like the Guardians have been working towards this the whole time anyway, so they are it does seem that way. extremely prepared. <laughs> Either they got lucky or not, but the funny thing about the Manfred stat is that it's like the Guardians, which I would absolutely believe they did this on purpose, that they're, they're good. But then the other three are the Rockies, Royals, and D-backs, and Brewers. So most of them are just bad teams who... Probably didn't hit very hard anyway. <laughs> just the had. Brewers are just National League guardians at this point. Like I, I, I see so much of a kinship between the two of them. So yeah, well they're they're I trying mean, to be, but <laughs> I don't think they're doing it quite as successfully as the Guardians are. They're definitely trying to get there. I, I think. The oh Brewers yeah. Are, but yeah, I think like the Rockies. I don't think are exactly planning ahead as much as the Guardians are. The Royals and D backs are are not good. The D backs gonna have some. The, the D backs I think will be care, better but. than we think. Um, this, they weren't bad last year. You know, I think they'll be a better team. I, I think they deserve a little bit of yeah. not respect, but you know, a, a curious glance every now and again. You, much like with um, the Angels, you kind of forget they exist because they keep on not wearing their cool uniforms and they play in a warehouse and they also they play in Arizona, which is where you do spring training, not normal baseball. What are you doing here? I, I think that I think they I, they're going to be good. I think everything benefits them essentially. I don't know if they did it on purpose or just kind of. Luck of the draw, but they are prepared for all the, the rule changes. I mean, they were second lowest in home runs last year. Yeah. Like second, and they won 93 games. 93 They're ready games. to hit ground balls and fly around the I, bases and hit those bigger bases. That being said, I would prefer if they were 20th in home runs. <laughs> you want some big? Well, they got Josh uh, Bell now, so. Well, we're talking about, I'm, I'm hoping for an additional 25 home runs, basically. Yeah, which I think you get from him. Like, well, who's replacing Owen Miller? That's, that's well, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you're, you're you're bringing Owen Miller in. You have Zunino coming in. I think they've added a, just enough power because, like, I think we got a really good demonstration of what playing on the Razor's Edge that Cleveland did all last year looks like when you come up against a team that can actually hit home runs. Because I'm sorry, I, I know it was a three-two Yankees win in the division in the divisional series, but I just I, it was not that close. Like having the ability to just change the shape of the game in, in 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 a heartbeat, as opposed to having to grind out a run, like it's nice to make your life a little bit easier. It's I I think that I mean I'm probably not the only person who has this weird you know expectation. I suppose that 
guys like Quan will because he hit what six home runs. Like I think he can hit ten home runs this year. I think Ramirez, hopefully his hand stays healthy all year and he could be a thirty-five home run guy. Um, Jimenez might hit uh, hit a couple more. I think Naylor Naylor can get up to twenty-five home runs. Hedges hit seven last year. I think I think that if um, Zena was healthy, that we get that up to twenty. So like bits and pieces where it's it seems like it's all kind of starting. You know they they gave friend Mil Reyes. 288 bats and he had nine home runs. Like we all forget how bad it was. They gave him 288 bats and they gave Owen Miller 472 plate appearances. I think we're doing a really like Oscar Mercado had 254 plate appearances. <laughs> yeah, they've. Been, they've I forget been for how this team is always so weird. Yeah, we're um, an opening day and the next season it's always weird. But like, but then you, you start looking at some other guys like someone like like Will Brennan. Um, not a big power threat necessarily. He hit one home run last year. Obviously, it's only forty-five plate appearances, but, but again, to answer the question directly, I would like more. I would like more home runs. I think that the I think that the, the style of play stuff might benefit them some, but I, the bigger base. I don't know. I, I'm still. I think Jerry's still on the bigger base thing, the shifting thing. Like you said, probably not a big deal anyway because they're so athletic up the middle. Um, but to answer the question, questions, I think <laughs> I would yeah. like. I would like it to get 160 home runs. I think that would be a nice number as a team. That would make life a little bit easier, and if they can do that, honestly, I think they can walk away with the division. Like, yeah, oh, I think they probably will. Anyway, if, you, if, you, if you kind of just look down top, the top home runs, Cleveland was 29th out of 30. The only one behind them was Detroit at 110 home. Like they were so bad, but then like you start looking up, and it's so many other bad teams like Washington, Oakland, Kansas City, Tampa Bay for some reason, but then Miami, Colorado, the White Sox. Like if they can out home run the White Sox, I think that is a good goal. Even Minnesota had 178 last year. And like they were better than you know, they were just injured constantly. So, I, I love the way they play baseball. To be clear, I lo- I've mentioned before I love Stephen Kwan. I think I think Jose Ramirez is the absolute perfect baseball player. Uh, Jimenez is wonderful, but I would like it if they could just make squeeze some more home runs somewhere. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like I think Straw will hit three home runs this year. I don't know. You know, I, I, that's I think pushing that, it for him. That's a, that's a big you know, offensive year for Mel Straw. Well, I I think he'll be better this year than he was last year I, because he it's hard. Uh, but <laughs> um, so our last question we'll wrap it up Anthony Lavelle on Facebook he asked should Will Brennan be the fourth outfielder on the opening day roster or should he start the year in Columbus so he can get more everyday at-bats I don't know I, this is a tough one I think he, he's going to get the at-bats up here because he's a lefty and he can platoon with yeah Straw and Gonzalez I, I think you leave him up and you give him plenty of at-bats on the major league level like I, I don't think he's going to be a typical fourth outfielder where he's just sitting around and is just occasionally replacing a guy who's tired. I think you straight up platoon him with some guys and get him a bunch of advance. Oh, no, I agree. I, I think we're going to see a lot of churn with the young guys. I mean, I'm not the, you know, I've said it several times on the podcast. I've written about it, but, you know, in, in a pseudo kind of hot takey way, but Oscar Gonzalez is not a sure thing coming into 2022. We all liked him. We, you know, he had some good moments, but I don't know. I mean, his batting profile is weird. Will Brennan is, is there. He's shown some talent, I think. I don't know. What you can extrapolate from, again, 45 plate appearances, 15 hits. Like, I don't think he'll hit 357 this, this time around. But, again, he sprays the ball around. He, he has a similar approach somewhat to, to Quan, not quite as ridiculously elite in, in, in similar ways. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'd say keep him up, like you said, because I, I think just – what else is there for him? It's like yeah, – There's nothing it's, left for him to do in AAA. Like, like, what, what is he going to do? Like, when he was in Columbus last year, he had 316, 367, 451, right? And – I mean, Akron, when he was there for, what, 36 games, he had 311, 382, 504. Like, there's nothing more he can do there. 
he beat the piss out of the ball, and it's time to let him learn how to hit a major league pitch, a curveball, you know? And if he can, he can. If not, well, then we have other guys we need to look at also, quite honestly. Like, yeah, not too, not too overly like commodify it. these guys, but, like, there's a lot of young guys in the farm system, and Cleveland need, wants to build a winner, and the pathway to doing that is getting the young guys some time. Like, I, I think bring him up and keep him as a fourth outfielder. And then, who knows, maybe this time next year we'll be talking about how they have him and Quan and Sconce in the corner outfield and still are running straw out there. <laughs> Can you believe Miles Straw was on the opening day roster last year? <laughs> or things like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Miles Straw, the guy who didn't last a week and they cut him. What is going on? Yeah, he actually yeah. had a negative batting average after <laughs> after uh, as of April 15th. It was incredible. <laughs> he he hit the ball backwards. <laughs> <laughs> he actually put runs on the board for the other team. We, we don't know how he did it. <laughs> on that note, Merritt, uh, that'll do it for us this week. If you haven't already, follow us on Covering the Corner, Facebook and Twitter. I'm Matt RLY on Twitter. Merritt is at Merrill Lunch, like Merrill Lynch with lunch. Um, if you haven't already, leave a review for the podcast. Wherever you listen to them, let us know how you like it. And uh, Merritt. Talk to you next week. I'll be there. <laughs> uh-huh.